gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 137 of the podcast that was originally recorded on November 6th of 2016. A few of the games I played this week, Matanga, Oceanos, a little Arctic Scavengers, some Concordia, which I really enjoyed, a little Terraforming Mars, which has definitely moved up to its type, some Four Gods, some Scythe, and a little Prosperity. Yes, there were a lot of games played this week. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. We are currently up to episode 137. As always, you can send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over at Board Game Geek. We have a guild. It's guild number 2440. Guild name is What I'm Playing Now. On Twitter, you can follow me at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, as always, our Twitch channel, which was very live this weekend, is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. All right. We have a lot of games to talk about. So let's jump into what I'm playing now for the week because I spent a good amount of my Saturday down at the local game store for Extra Life for Kids. But of course, I'm jumping ahead of myself because I was down there Monday as well. We played a couple of really cool, interesting games on Monday. One of the first games we played was a little Japanese game called Matanga. This is an interesting little game where everybody is handed a piece of paper in front of them that's going to have a grid of numbers on it from 1 to 60, and the numbers are going to be all mixed up. Every piece of paper that's in the tablet in there is is going to have a different set of numbers on there, completely all mixed up. In the box, you're also going to find a rubber pencil. Yes, I said a rubber pencil, as well as one die. The die is a six-sided die, and it has a pencil basically uh, etched into two sides of that six-sided die. First player is going to start out. They are going to take the die, start rolling, and or the die is going to be passed around. And the first player to get the pencil is going to get to grab the pencil and then start marking off the numbers in numerical order on their piece of paper. And they're trying to mark off all numbers without skipping any, without missing any, from 1 to 60 while they have the pencil in their hand. So if I roll the pencil... On the die, I grab the I grab the pencil and I will start going one, two, three, start marking them off and trying to locate the numbers which are scattered all over the little piece of paper that's in front of me. Well, my opponents are going to be grabbing the die and basically taking turns rolling the die, trying to get the pencil to come up for them, which will then in turn allow them to grab and rip the pencil completely out of my hand. And then they start trying to mark off numbers in numerical order and going consecutively from one to 60. And the first player to get all of the numbers marked off correctly, or if people are found that they have skipped some numbers, they're supposed to essentially be out of the game. We really didn't do that, though. I thought that's kind of silly. So it's it's a crazy little game. The die is just flying all over the place. The rubber pencil is getting grabbed out of your hands. And the rubber pencil is kind of almost U-shaped. And it's kind of hard to grab sometimes out of someone's hand. And it's actually kind of hard to even make a little mark on the piece of paper with. So trying to just start going with the pencil and start to mark off the off the numbers as you're playing the game can be a little tricky and we found ourselves 
somebody was rolling the die, you'd grab the pencil, you'd try to just get the pencil situated to where you found a number and were getting ready to mark it. And just as you'd go to mark that number off, the pencil was ripped out of your hand because somebody else had drawn or basically rolled the pencil on the die and they were able to grab the pencil out of your hand. A crazy little fun party game. It's it's a nice light game. There really isn't a lot to it. What I've just explained about it is the gist of the whole game. There is nothing more, nothing left to nothing less to it, but it was a lot of fun, I will say. It was just crazy, a lot of fun, and we had a really good time playing it. And I I almost think the people watching us probably had a better time than us because everybody watching us was just standing around laughing. Well, we were actually trying to concentrate on where the numbers were on our pieces of paper. And once you cross the number off, even if the pencil was grabbed out of your hand, you're trying to go between concentrating on rolling the die to see what comes up as well as trying to look ahead on your piece of paper and trying to see what where the next number is that you need to find. So when that pencil ended up in your hand, you were able to mark it off as quickly as possible. So if you ever get a chance to play Matanga, I believe this game can be found under a couple of different names for what it looks like on Board Game Geek. Definitely give this one a shot if you like little fun party games and you have a nice fun group to play this one with. Matanga is an interesting little pencil die piece of paper game where you're trying to just scratch off numbers it was a lot of fun though and then our group jumped over to a five-player game of oceanos i talked about oceanos a couple of episodes ago and i was a little torn as to kind of how the game ended because our game was so close and it literally came down to drawing the tiles out of the bag and we all seemed to be pulling the same number of tiles out of the bag but I really kind of felt that if somebody got lucky enough and pulled you know like if they were able to if, if the whole group was pulling you know three tiles out of the bag based on how many of the the divers that they actually had go down to the treasure chests I kind of felt it was a little off and it was a little bit unfair that everybody one person could just win by pulling like four you know, like four of the or three of the number four tiled out when maybe somebody else is pulling three of the number two tiles out. So I was a little torn as to how much I like this game, but I played the game a second time and I will say I do like the game. I'm still a little torn as far as how the tiles are pulled at the end of the game, but I guess that's just the way this game works and it and it does work for the game because you could take the strategy of trying to get points everywhere else and completely ignoring the divers in utilizing those treasure chests in the game and maybe concentrate more on the coral, maybe concentrate more on getting the number of fish and animal creatures in each row and concentrating on that or upgrading your ship to the max ability. So I guess let me take a jump back and talk a little bit about how the game is played. Everybody's going to start off with a submarine, and that submarine is going to have several different parts to it, which are all going to be, I guess we can essentially say, at level one. And during the game, everybody is going to be dealt out a certain number of cards based on the level of a part of their ship that tells them how many cards they can have. You start off getting two cards, and you will, I think it's two cards, you will then get to keep one of the cards and then whoever is the the first player i guess you could say for that turn they have the first player marker they will get everybody else's cards they then get to take a card if they want to out of the stack that they are given you can also play additional cards utilizing the fuel token that is on your ship so at any one time you could be playing possibly up to three cards in a turn in some of the later rounds once you have your ship upgraded so I went with a really different strategy this time. I really tried to upgrade the ship. I really wasn't going for too much of the coral until the end of the game where I actually was lucky enough to get like four or five pieces right in a row right at the end towards the end of my tableau. Because what you're going to be doing is each round you're going to be making a different row and there's going to be three major rounds in the game where you're going to have three rows of cards in front of you. 
And each turn, you're going to be basically building out that tableau. Depending on the cards you're putting down there, you're going to possibly get to upgrade your submarine. If you have a crystal and then one of the baubles um, placed next to that, you have to have two, two crystals, a green and a blue crystal, to go up from a level 2 to a level 3 part of your submarine. And I will say this game will probably definitely be up for game of the year for art because besides having really good gameplay, the art on these cards and on the subs and everything in this game is just, Ayala did a great job with the art on this game and it is hands down just a spectacular looking game. When the game's being played at a table, it's it's a game that people that are walking by at the, at the local game store I go to will, will definitely stop and take a look just to see what is being played because the cards and everything just has a really nice presentation to it. And like I said, the gameplay is really fun as well. Uh, there's there's a lot of interactivity going along around the table. You're trying to watch to see how many Kraken eyes some of your opponents are playing and trying to possibly push your luck by playing some cards with those Kraken eyes because whoever has the most Kraken eyes in their tableau for a particular row at the end of a round will get the Kraken uh, token and there's three different ones, one for each round, and they will have a negative number of points to it that will be totaled up. And each at the end of each of the three rounds, you'll do some scoring and you will take those negative points at the end of each round. So you really want to try to watch what everybody else is doing in front around you to see, can I push my luck by maybe playing a card that has a couple of pieces on there, you know, or a couple of things on there that I want, but it also has a crack and eye. But if I do that, I will then have the most crack and eyes and I'll probably lose possibly two to four points just by flipping over that crack and token. So you need to figure out whether the card that you're playing with that crack and eye is really worth it for the points that you're going to be getting that turn and whether you can handle handle the negativity that you're going to be possibly obtaining if you do have to draw that particular tile kraken tile so it's a really interesting game like i said this game i cannot see it not being up for game of the year as far as art goes playability wise it is a lot of fun we've played it a couple of times now and every time i play it i do like it the second time i will say i don't think the tiles had as much of an effect and on the end game scoring as it did I was I was kind of okay with it the second time, so maybe if I play it a couple of more times, I will get over that little hurdle that I kind of felt uh, in the first game that I had played. But Oceanos, if this is a game you still haven't played, definitely try to see if somebody has it at your local game store, if one of your friends has it, because it's definitely something to try out, and it's one that um, you know I possibly think about adding to my collection. I'm not really too sure how it's playing with two people. I heard it plays okay with two people, but I think you're probably going to want at least three to four playing, especially with that drafting mechanic in there. I think that I, I know the game changes a little bit when you play it with two people, but I think it would possibly really, I know it really have a feeling it shine, kind of shines more with three to four people and you're using utilizing that full drafting aspect, which is how the game's kind of meant to be played. All right, then the next game we had played on Thursday is an older style card draft or card or deck building game i guess i should say and that's arctic scavengers we played this game with just the base set we've been playing a couple of uh, deck building games lately i talked about clank and how much i enjoyed that um i had played a couple other deck building games recently as well and when i had gone to the one distributor open house i played several i had talked about during that episode that was a good couple months ago so arctic scavengers is an older style one i believe this is possibly one of the earlier ones that came out shortly after dominion was released and and i do like dominion dominion is is an okay deck building game for what it is um i have not played with all of the expansions i've played with a few of them here and there and i've played some online and i like dominion for what it is arctic scavengers though for some reason it was it was an okay deck builder, but it just, I don't know if the theme just didn't grab me or if the the play the playability of the game just didn't grab me. 
there is there are a couple of aspects that are quite different to the game as in compared to some of the other ones because when you're playing the deck building game not only, not only are you going to be utilizing the cards to purchase other cards that are in the different junk piles but you're going to try to hold back a certain number of cards to possibly utilize I hate to say the word attack, but you're going to be there. There is kind of like an attack symbol on the cards and you're trying to collect that number, a good number of attacks during the round to possibly try to get one of the cards off of the one junk pile that whoever's turn it is got to look at. And it could essentially be a good card and you're all you're all kind of bidding for it with different attacks. There are certain cards that do let you kind of hit other opponents like snipers and stuff, which will let you possibly remove one of the other players cards in there. And if they have a card in front of them that maybe has a weapon attached to it, both of those cards would be removed via the sniper. That aspect of the game was a little interesting because there is a little bit of take that that you can do to some additional people. So if you see somebody kind of, if you feel somebody's really building a good deck and they have some good combinations going and they're maybe getting too many cards because cards at the end of the game is how you're going to be, uh, you know, uh, accumulating or counting your victory points. You really need to watch what people are doing. For deck building, though, I thought it was an okay deck builder. I don't think this would be one I would be adding to my collection anytime soon. There are a couple other deck builders out there that have been released recently that I would probably throw into my collection ahead of this one. Now, when I started talking about Arctic Scavengers, I mentioned we did play with just the base set. I've read and a couple of my friends have read that if you play with some of the expansions, it does add to the game and it does round it out. So this could possibly be a game that we're going to have to revisit. And it could just be a game that when the expansions were released for it, it kind of just finished and fleshed out some of the some some more of the game that was possibly needed to just make it a much fuller type of game. So we're going to have to try to get this one get, get this one to the table again, see if we can get it added in at least one of the expansions into the game. I know there there's a couple that are out there for the game and see if it maybe does help out the game and make it just a little bit more fun. I wouldn't say anything in the game is actually broken. I just didn't find it myself Everybody else seemed to like the game. I just didn't find it too exciting or make make me want to sit there and say, hey, let's play this again, or hey, I'd like to play this again maybe next week. So the expansions may may mix that up a little bit, may change my mind on that one. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. But Arctic Scavengers was an okay deck builder. If you're looking for something that's maybe a little on the older side and one of the early style deck builders, maybe check that one out. And then at the top of the episode, I had actually talked about going down to my local game store yesterday on Saturday. Yesterday, there's uh, this whole weekend, there has been a big push for Extra Life, if extra-life.org. Extra if you haven't heard of this, there's a lot of people, both in the board game and video game realm, that are basically playing games for probably about 24 hours straight, and they're trying to just raise money for the extra-life.org charity. You can pick out the charity that you're actually going to contribute to, and this is a very good cause. I participated in this down at my local game store yesterday. I was not able to go down for the full 24 hours like I did last year, but I was down there for a good 13 or so, I would say. I got down there about 8, 8.30 in the morning and didn't leave till about 9.30 in the evening, and we played a good, good, good group of games. There were just people coming in and, and coming to the table and away from the table, and we had different groups going at all times. We had a really good turnout down at the game store. 
So one of the first games we sat down and played was a really good game called Concordia. I had seen this game played a couple of times down at the game store. I had not played it yet. This is a game that's a couple of years old. One that I've heard some really good things about. One that I've also heard was comparable to Istanbul. And when I had originally played Istanbul, for some reason that game did not grab me. But for some reason Concordia did. And I have added Concordia to my Christmas wish list, and I really enjoy this little strategy game where you're essentially, like most games, you're going for victory points, but everybody's going to start off with a couple of different, I guess you could say workers, we'll call them meeples, that are going to be based in Italy and Rome, and you're going to be moving those workers. You have two workers that can move via roads, you have two ships that can move via the sea um, lines on the board, and you're going to try to expand your control of different areas on the board where you're going to try to get resources. You're going to have cards. Everybody's going to start out with the same number of cards and same type of cards in their hand. And you're going to almost try to build a good deck of cards where you can play the cards, purchase different resources. There's a diplomat card, which lets you copy other people's cards on the turn. It's, it's, it's a really interesting strategy game. There's no combat whatsoever. It's complete strategy. You can't essentially attack any of your opponents. But there's what you're going to be trying to doing is taking over the board with different resources. If you are the first one there, the cost for basically taking over that particular tile will be much cheaper. Anybody else who comes there after will need to pay an additional cost based on the number of players who already have their buildings on those tiles. The victory points are going to be based on the cards that are in your deck as well as what's out on the board so somebody can go a heavy cloth route if they can get the cards that are essentially going to get them more points with the cloth you can go the heavy wine route i was since it was my first time playing i kind of felt like i was a little all over the place and while my score was really in line with everybody else until the very last scoring card where i didn't have any of the particular cards that actually paid out for having a particular resource. That was where everybody kind of jumped ahead of me by a good 10 to 15 points. But up until that point, I was right neck and neck with all my opponents. And this game can be played with um, two to four players or three to five players. There's two different sides of the board that you can utilize to play based on the number of players that you're playing with. And I have to say, it was... It was very easy to pick up on and learn, but there's a lot of strategy in this game because you really need to pay attention to where your opponents are moving. And there were several times where somebody would move onto a road that I was possibly moving onto, and there could only be one worker or meeple, I guess you could say, on a particular road or on a particular particular sea space at any particular time. So if you're in between two different locations and you're hoping to possibly put a building on both of those locations in one turn, but somebody else takes that spot and, and moves on to that road location and kind of blocks you, you really need to be able to kind of at, you know, at the last second, move your strategy around, see where you can move to and see what type of resources you have in front of you that would let you purchase and put a building out there on the board in front of you. A lot going on in the game of Concordia, but I will say a really, really great strategy game. This is a game that if you haven't had a chance to play, like I said, this one is getting added to my Christmas wish list. I've already gone out to Board Game Geek and thrown this on the wish list as I would definitely like to have because I really enjoyed Concordia and I would definitely love to play this game again. I thought it was just, just a lot of fun. After that, we got in a very 
very long game of Terraforming Mars. Five players with Terraforming Mars. While Terraforming Mars is a great game, it lives up to all the hype that it currently is putting out there. But sometimes with five players, it just seems like the game can just take a little bit too long. Several people towards the end of the game were like, okay, we're ready for this to be over. Somebody just end it. But the whole time you're playing the game, you're just enjoying it. So while the game is a little bit longer, for some reason, I don't mind it because I am having such a great time playing it. It's, I can't say enough good things about Terraforming Mars. I had actually won the Terraforming Mars game that we had. I was lucky enough to get the one corporation card that let me start off with several plants as well as plant production so i tried to just go with that go with the flow for that one and just go heavy into plant production and before you knew it i was just producing tons of plant tiles and tree tiles out of the board and everybody was just like holy cow i controlled probably a good quarter to half of the board with just all of my tiles and nobody was able to to pretty much stop me from just producing and playing multiple tiles on a turn and just continue expanding how large of a control I had at, on the planet on terraforming the planet Mars itself but terraforming Mars is a definite excellent engine builder if you've never played terraforming Mars this is one if you can find the game for a decent amount of money right now, which we were joking around at the game store yesterday, that it's just one very hard to find right now. And if you do find it, it is a very, very costly game. I was able to pick mine up the, pretty much the day I think it came out. I grabbed one from my local game store because I knew that this game was going to be hot. I had heard a lot of good things about it. And after I played it, I was so glad that I picked it up because I actually picked it up before playing it, but I knew I knew it was going to be one that would be really hard to find, and it's probably going to be hard to find from what it sounds like for a couple of more months until that second printing actually hits the stores. So if you can be a little patient and you don't mind possibly not being in on the first print run of this, and you know, and you want to save a little bit of money instead of spending a little bit of money for just one game hold out for a couple of months there's going to be another print run hopefully this one will be a little bit bigger than that first one because that first one sold out oh so quickly because this game terraforming mars is definitely just hot it's a it's, it's just a very good engine builder there really isn't much I can find wrong with the game. One of the things I had first talked about when we played the game originally, my buddy Eric had picked up some of the laser-etched plastic in, um, overlays for the for the game because it seems like it's really easy to possibly bump the card where you have all of your um, tokens on there and everything. This past time, we just used the store copy uh, for the game yesterday, and I will say, I don't think anybody ever really bumped their tray. Maybe one person did once, but other than that, with five people playing, nobody really had a problem with that that little tableau in front of you and any of their the square resources and components getting moved or bumped or getting confused where everything was. Everybody was be we told everybody at the beginning of the game when you're reaching over to the board game to try to do something or place a tile, definitely try to be cognizant of where your arms are, where your sleeves are. Try not to bump it. Everybody was really aware of that from the beginning of the game. And I will say, we all had a great time playing without those. But I will say using those plastic overlays does just give the game just kind of that little finishing look that it almost doesn't need, but it just makes it, if you kind of like to just make your games a little more blinged out and a little bit, you know, maybe to the next level as far as looks go, 
those plastic overlays that you can find out there from a couple of different places from what it sounds like now are just something that I would definitely recommend getting. I know I want to get some of those ordered for my game because even though it's just usually me and my wife, I just think it just makes the game look just a little bit cleaner and it just gives you that little bit of security in knowing that if you kind of bump the table, if you bump something, you have a better chance of not getting your board kind of screwed up and having to remember, oh, what numbers were I on and am I going to be off by a number or anything like that? But like I said, we didn't run into that in yesterday's game, especially with five people. I was kind of a little nervous as far as how that would go. It went perfectly fine for us. Everybody had a great time playing the game. Everybody had completely different strategies that they were trying. I don't think any of us, any of the different five people that were playing the game had a similar strategy. Like I said, I was going heavy into plants. Other people were, one person went heavy into space. And it was just the strategies were kind of just all over as far as the engine building part went. I don't think I actually built up or produced any titanium at all this game. My titanium was at zero. I There were, towards the end of the game, I thought about possibly maybe taking a couple of cars or two with titanium. And I said, no, don't do that. Don't stray from the path that you're currently on. Don't try to spread yourself too thin. I picked a route at the beginning of the game. I said, let's just stick with this and go for it. And it definitely paid off towards the end of the game when final scoring went around because I tried to just go with the the with the corporation I was dealt with I was getting good cards dealt to me that as far as the drafting went I just every time that I was able to take some cards where I was able to pump up my um planting in my in my um my resources for the green resources I just went with that and I just I just concentrated and just went full force down that path and it definitely seemed to work for me so the interesting thing will be, will that work again in another game? I have no idea. Because every time you play this game, every time you play this, it's completely different. The cards are going to be different. The table's going to be different. You don't know how people are going to be playing their tiles and how they're going to be utilizing their cards, what cards are going to get handed to you. I know when I tried to do something like this in past games, it didn't work. This one time, it did for me. So I, that's, I think that's the one thing I like about Terraforming Mars so much. There's so many different strategies you can take with the game that every time you play it, it's different and it feels, I don't want to say it feels like a new game, but it feels fresh because you're actually able to to change different things and do different things and try different things and see if they actually work. Like I said, you could do one thing one game, try it in another game, and it you may fall flat on your face. Terraforming Mars, if this is a game you haven't gotten to the table yet, definitely get it to the table. This one is already in my collection. It's already crossed off my Christmas list, so I don't need to worry about this one. Terraforming Mars is definitely a thumbs up from me. All right, and then we got into a little game called Four Gods. My buddy Eric and I have been talking about this game lately. We watched a couple of videos on the game, read a few things about it. It was a game he was interested in. It was a game that I had heard about, but wasn't really too interested in, especially with the real-time aspect for the game. I wasn't too sure how that would work. We tried to play this game with the real-time uh, playability of it yesterday, and I think we had a few things incorrect with the rules. So the first game, we kind of just negated and we're like, okay, none of us really liked the real-time part, but I will say that we did quite a few things wrong with the real-time part. So the real-time part, well, we thought was broken. It was more our knowledge of the game and rules were broken than the actual game itself. So we then tried to do a turn-based game. And as a turn-based turn game, the game actually turned out much better. I'd actually like to go back through, reread through the rules myself, make sure I know the rules, and then maybe try to do another real-time game again. But the real-time game 
you have to be able to really, really enjoy crazy, hectic, fast thinking. And this is, everybody was saying this is kind of like um, Carcassonne on steroids because you are trying to just place tiles and grab tiles out of a bag. You can have a tile in each hand. Once you place a tile, you can then use your hand for other things. You can't have multiple tiles in multiple hands at one time. You're really only supposed to have one tile in each hand. And so you really have to watch what actions you're doing when you're doing the real-time strategy or when you're doing the real-time game, I guess I should say. But as far as the turn-based game goes, we had a lot of fun with it. It's... We, we all really related it to kind of just putting together a big puzzle because that's what you're kind trying to do. You're pulling a couple of tiles and you're trying to see where will these tiles fit onto this table in front of me. And when I place a tile, do I want to put a profit down there? Because do I think that this is going to be an area that will possibly score me points in the long run at the end of the game? Or is somebody going to come by and turn this area into a small area where there's not a lot of tiles that are going to be scored towards the end of the game? So you're really not too sure how things are going to end up once you start placing the tiles, once you start putting the profits down. But it's it's an interesting little game. One, I definitely want to get to the table again because I can't really... After playing it yesterday, I really don't have a good feel or gauge on the game. It's a game that I I want to sit down with, understand the rules a little bit better, try it a couple of more times, and then possibly talk about it again. I will say the art on the game is kind of interesting. The board and the tiles do look really nice. We'll have to wait and see. Um, like I said, this one, I'll be talking, I know I'll be talking about this one again because I know my buddy Eric does want to play this game. So I will be playing this again probably here shortly. So hopefully... Once we get a little bit better, better feel for the rules, I can talk about it a little better. But for gods, definitely check it out if you're looking for a new tile placement game. After that, we got into, like, like I said, I was down at the store for about 13 hours yesterday. So we have a couple of more games that we played yesterday. But starting with Concordia and working my way through the list, and I, I want to say I missed a game or so in between there, and I may have. But the next game that we played was Scythe. Scythe is something I've played once before. I have this game in my collection. This is another game that has been super hyped this year. And this is a game I have a... This is the game from what it seems like from reading different Facebook groups that I'm in and some of the forums and stuff like that. This is a game you're either going to really like or you're going to just think it doesn't live up to the hype. I think it kind of does live up to the hype. The game is gorgeous. This is going to be another game, um, kind of just like Oceanos, that is going to definitely be up for Game of the Year for art as far as it goes. Not only for the... I mean, this this is probably going to be a game that's up for Game of the Year as well, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Scythe is a very good game. It's a great strategy style game. But the art in the game um, that Stonemaier Games had put together and got together for this is just spectacular. The artist for this game has, has hit a home run with it. And when you see this game being played and you're actually using the larger game board, if you have a big enough table to be able to do that, is just, it's an insane sized board, but it's one that later on in the game, you're really glad that you have the extra space because once if you're playing a five-player game of this, and once everybody starts getting tons of resources, all their mechs on the board, and everybody's spread out, and they're producing resources, and trying to take over different areas of the board, and fighting, and from what we've seen, combat normally isn't happening until later in the game, which is a really interesting thing. In our game, we were about three-quarters of the way through, if not further, before one person actually tried to really start a fight with somebody else, and try to you know, push somebody back to their home territory. This is a game where you're building up your resources, you're building up kind of like an army, and the threat of a fight is probably what's going to deter you more from doing things than the actual act of 
starting that war or starting that combat with another player. There were only a few fights that actually happened in our five-player game yesterday. And like I said, that was mainly towards the end of the game where people were trying to just spread out their armies as much as possible to try to just take over as much of the board for the end game scoring as they could, as well as people trying to get to the center of the board and trying to get to the factory and just hold that factory spot, which gives you additional points if you're kind of the king of the hill on the factory and you have it for that last round of the game. But this is also a game that starts off a little slower in regards to engine building, resource collecting, resource gathering, figuring out what approach you're taking, what type of resources around you and how you want to go about, you know, in the most efficient way, upgrading the different items on your board to try to be able to possibly complete some of the different objective cards you're given. I know I didn't think I was going to be able to complete any of the object, either of the objective cards that I had, but about three quarters of the way through the game, before I knew it, I was like, huh, if I actually move my mech up here with a couple of workers, I can move this other mech down here with a worker, I can move my actual player token over to this one area, and before I knew it, I actually had a got a star for completing an objective and was on a good roll to completing a couple of more. I was a little weaker when it came combat-wise as I wasn't doing pushing up my war numbers high enough like everybody else was so when combat actually started I kind of got smacked around a little bit combat wise which is something I will definitely need to try to balance out a little bit more the next time I play but I had a great time still playing side this is a game I kind of want to teach to my wife I have a feeling she would really like this game this game does have a little bit of a learning curve I will say it's rather intuitive once you kind of get a feel for a lot of the different actions that you're able to take with your worker and when you're able to possibly do an action as far as the top part of the board and the lower part of the board as there are multiple actions that can be taken when you're moving your worker between your tableau but definitely if this is a game this is another game that is very striking when it's on the table i mean when this game is being played and people see it on the table and it's just such a massive type of strategy game and they're walking by and looking at it, this is a game that will catch everybody's attention, and it's one that are just is just really, really nice to look at. And like I said, I can't imagine that this game won't be up for Game of the Year as far as art goes, as well as Game of the Year probably for playability-wise, because the game is just a lot of fun as well. And this is another game that, as far as I'm concerned, has, has lived up to the hype that did surround it. And when this game first hit Kickstarter, the hype machine was just quite insane on it. So Scythe, another game if you haven't gotten it to the table, it's one you definitely want to check out. All right, and then we rounded out the night with a game from a couple of years ago that um, one of my buddies picked up on sale actually down at the local game store so before we all left for the evening we said what the heck let's try to get this one to the table and it's a game called prosperity i think we had four or five of us playing this game i think well i think there were four of us because i think it only plays with four players this is another i guess you could say tile placement resource collection type of game which is really interesting because you have a stack of tiles that are off to the side of the board that have that are different um, year based and you're going to start off I believe with like the 1970s and there's going to be tiles that are each person's going to take the top tile flip it over and that's going to allow everybody to perform um, some sort of action or get some sort of resource it's going to kick off like if energy is is the tile that's flipped over depending on where you are on the energy track you're going to make um, possibly uh, $50 for each energy number you have above one 
if you have if you're flipping over the money tile the euro tile for every euro you have in your tableau you're going to get a hundred dollars so there's a stack of different tiles and the the player whose turn it is is going to flip that out that tile over everybody's going to get that particular resource based on where what they have in their tableau in front of them that tile is then going to become available for purchase and get put on either the right or the left side of the board and there's different rows that are going to be played there's one through six i believe it is and the more you work your way up this different uh, this different strategy line or tile line in the in the middle of the table the the tiles are going to cost a little bit more so if you're in the number two area and you want to buy something that's a tile that's on the four area it's going to cost you a hundred dollars to buy it and then 100 for each additional number above the row you're at so if you were at two three and four would be an additional 200 so that would be 300 total for you to be able to buy a tile that is in the the front the four column or four row i guess you could say and it's a really interesting game because the each round the tiles are mixed up to where the action that is giving you the resources is going to be different each round so you're trying to figure out if i buy this particular tile and it's going to possibly give me more prosperity let's say or more euros let's say but i'm going to take a hit to my energy can i get my energy leveled back out before the next energy tile is pulled and that energy is scored the different ones are energy ecology capital research and prosperity and it's something that you really want to try to balance all of those out throughout the game because they're all just equally as important because the research is going to let you move a move one of your um, square cubes along this research path that's in that center of the board and it lets you as you're moving up between those different numbered areas it lets you essentially pay less for the higher number tiles that are in that particular row also resource can give you victory points at the end of the game for being the highest in a particular column as research goes or for being in second place prosperity just scores points and moves you along a snake styled path that is your scoring for the game the capital the money is just going to give you that ecology is going to be for pollution you can be either putting pollution and covering up tiles which could essentially cost you money when during different phases of the game so a lot going on in this little tile placement game the game plays i would probably say in about an hour or so but i will say i hadn't heard really much about this game before but it was a nice fun little game and one i definitely wouldn't mind playing again especially if you're playing it the first time it took me a few turns to actually kind of see what was kind of going on because i wasn't familiar with the game before and i hadn't heard much about it but after playing it and getting the game under my belt it was an interesting, nice little, you know, light to medium weight tile placement game, collecting resources, and it was it was just a lot of fun. I had a really good time playing Prosperity. I was really glad that this was the last game that we had played. It wasn't too, too heavy of a brain burner. It was just the right type of complexity for being the last game after playing for about a full 13 hours. So we had a good time playing Prosperity. If you have ever seen this one being played before and looking for a nice little tile placement game as well, definitely check out Prosperity. It was a pretty cool game to play. All right, those were all the games I played for the week, and now I actually need to start getting ready to head down to my game store for some Pathfinder Adventure card game this afternoon. So I'm trying to record this early in the morning to try to get this knocked out so I can edit it after playing Pathfinder. So next week, I will talk a little bit about some Pathfinder card game. 
as well as going down to Con on the Cob next Sunday, where I'm going to be running some Pathfinder card games. So I'm actually going to be playing a couple of weeks here of Pathfinder card game. Next week, though, I'm going to be playing um, Skull and Shackles down at Con on the Cob. I'm going to try to run um, a couple of early scenarios down there. I'm going to try to build a couple of very early decks um, for starter decks for people and see if we can get anybody playing that down there. So that should be kind of cool. But before we end the show, we always have to talk about a few things that I want to play. One thing that I was hoping to kind of get to the table yesterday down at the game store that I didn't get a chance to play was a game called Craft Wagon. I saw this one at Gen Con. I've seen this one played at a couple of different places. Actually, I've seen it played several times down at my local game store, but it seems like I'm always in another game when this game is being played. And it's just one that looks really intriguing to me. Dealing with cars, of course, I'm going to think of Kanban when playing it, but I know it plays completely different than Kanban. It's a much lighter game than Kanban, but it's something that just looks interesting. It looks a lot of fun, and I've heard a lot of good things about it. So I definitely need to make sure that one of the times it's played down at the game store, that I am actually not involved in another game, and I can actually sit down and try this one out already and see if I want to throw this one on my Christmas list as well. And then another game that I actually saw down at the game store yesterday, and I think I maybe mentioned this one once before tyrants of the underdark this is a um, area control type game and i've heard some mixed feelings about this one i will say i think the game looks kind of cool and i really want to try this one to see if i want to throw this one into my collection as well um from what i've seen so far it looks like it's a lot of fun everybody that plays it seems to enjoy it so it's one that I kind of want to take a look at it and try. So Craft Wagon and Tyrants in the Underdark are both of my what I want to play now um, games for this episode. Hopefully I can get one of those to the table soon and see if either of those will be added shortly into my collection with my birthday and Christmas coming up. But other than that, this has been a little bit longer of an episode because I have just had so many games to talk about. And I think I just need to go rest my voice before playing an afternoon of Pathfinder. But as always, you can send me some emails. Let me know where you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild number 2440. You can leave some posts there and start some conversations and see what we're all saying there. On Twitter, you can follow me at what I'm playing now. I was tweeting out pictures of all the games we were playing yesterday down at the local game store and making sure I had the hashtag on there for Extra Life 2016. On Facebook, you can do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Well, everybody, thank you for joining me for this great episode where we talked about a lot of good games. Until next week, you know what to do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Hey, everybody, you have a great week. Have some fun playing games, and I'm going to do the same. We'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.